What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Scotch and Dumplings podcast. Today, I'm here with my uh, good friend, Vincent, but you may know him as uh, Electric. Hey. Hi, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. How have you been, dude? It's been a while since I've seen you. I know you got married. You moved into a new house. You have your fabulous dog, Monkey, there. (laughs) It's been amazing, honestly. Um, It was a bit of a rough period in the beginning of COVID when everything locked down and we were like we were in a big penthouse the the one that you visited with too many roommates that didn't really I mean I would say they weren't really taking it seriously but also their job didn't allow for them to really um, distance themselves from the potential risks like a lot of them were working in horeca in in Dutch we say horeca it's just hotels, restaurants, and cafes, but I don't oh, know if there's a, okay. a, 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 like a, a term for that in English. Oh, hospitality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, so they work in hospitality, yeah. So they're obviously um, at risk. And given that my wife has some underlying health conditions that could potentially be really dangerous um, if she were to contract the virus, we were really... Uh, scared and worried yeah. and like tra- taking any precaution we could so essentially for the first like four or five months of covid we were just staying with friends uh, and like going between our friends houses trying to stay away from our plays because we couldn't really ask our roommates no you can't go to work yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta make so, money yeah so it was tricky and it was definitely a strain on our our work you know i couldn't really produce because i didn't have a studio i was trying to do as much as i could from my laptop um but you know when you're uncomfortable and and you're you're really worried and you're stressed you're not really in a creative space Uh, so i didn't get to make much although i've been working for a very long time on a, a new project that will um be unveiled in sometime in the future yeah definitely um yeah i mean i'm sure that's hard like trying to keep your wife safe but like also trying to focus on work and like because you were living with uh val or virtual riot for a while right well we were just staying at his place we weren't like officially living there or whatever but he was hosting us for uh, what must have been like a month or two months in total we were kind of going back and forth between his house and, and then our friend Corey, uh who lives with us now Okay. Uh, so we'll, we moved with Coco, um, his girlfriend, and then Coco's roommate at the time, Ben, and his girlfriend, and uh, my wife and I. And then we have another room where Val comes to stay from time to time because he's a really good friend, and we have a, a spare room that he, he shares that with another friend. So because they, have, they already have their own apartments, but they kind of live further away, so whenever they right. want to come... Yes, it's like a guest room. Hang out and produce or do whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's get into the music. Um, you host uh, Cannibal Radio. You yes, do your own producing. What do you want to start with? Um, I was just doing Cannibal Radio yesterday. So I think um, with that on my mind, uh, let's just dive into that first. Um, so, yeah, for I think must be like six years now or more i can't tell anymore it's <laughs> <laughs> just like a blur i've been doing cannibal on radio for quite a long time we're at episode 178 right now i think Damn, that's yeah. awesome uh it's been every two weeks we have 
a guest on and I do my mix. Like I do a 15 minute intro mix with like all of my favorite new tunes, new music from our record label, Kadibalan Records. Um, and then, you know, interesting artists that we see fit are, are like Lane of Electronic Music, which is a lot more like dirty toward the heavy side, but not defined by genre, like not constrained by exclusively dubstep or exclusively right. bass house or exclusively drum bass. We try to like keep that, keep enough room for, uh, you know, switching things up a little bit, but within that same energy, you know, always. Yeah. I mean, you guys have had some house guys and stuff on there too, oh, right? Yeah. Lots. Yeah. That's awesome. How did that come about? Like, were you approached? Um, to do Kenny Ballon Radio? Do yeah. No, I mean, we've been, I've been working with Kenny Ballon since the label started. Uh, so Kenny Ballon used to be just a bi-weekly or, or a monthly event in Montreal when I moved there. Uh, and then they posted something about, hey, we want to start a record label. If anybody's interested, please reach out. So I, I just messaged them and sent them my music and we became close friends. And I introduced him to John Apache, who I had just met at the time in Montreal. He was there to study. Um, and so was I at the time. And then Dabin was there from the beginning. Kaiwashi came in pretty soon after because he's he was in the States. You know, he, he wasn't living there. Um, but it was a lot of fun to just have like these people there and have this like motivation and creative momentum with the group. It's, it's a lot easier to get the ball rolling. You know, you have instant feedback from your friends and you're all kind of working towards the same goal. And especially with Black Tiger Sex Machines, um, eye for marketing and um, brand building, they really, really knew what they were going for. Um, so uh, for those that aren't familiar, Black Tiger Sex Machine, um, Julian, Mark, and Patrick, they all have a background in like business, marketing, branding, um, law in case of Julian. But um I did yeah, see that he had a background in law. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that does come in handy. He definitely, they're all very business savvy and they know how to build something like this. And it's been a wild journey um, doing this with them. You know, it's, it's thanks to them that when my permit expired in Montreal in, in Canada and I had to go back to Belgium, um, they were able to put me on their tour. So I was able to get an O1 visa to come live in the States for the last three years. And then when that permit expired, uh, I was lucky enough to have found my wife. So now I can stay. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually currently going through the whole green card application process, um, but it's looking pretty good. And I'm very hopeful now that Trump is no longer president or soon to be no longer president. Amen. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know we kind of talked about it in the past, um, we can talk about your producing background. How did you really get into that? I, you know, I mean, you started when you were young, you know, you yeah, went to film very, school. Very young. Yeah. But even way before that, um, I think I started making beats when I was 15 years old. Um, my brother just showed me FL studio and I was like, this is fun. Um, I was at the time just starting to get into techno and uh, like minimal techno. Um, and then fidget house became a thing very quickly um and like blog house uh, and that was a lot of where my inspiration was coming from and my drive i was making music but i really had no clue what i was doing just like turning buttons and making sounds you know um 
I would have loved at that time to have something like um, the platform that I teach for right now. Um, like I mentioned uh, before, um, I teach on this online platform on Facebook right now. It's called the fire society, uh, D E F Y R E society. Um, and it's like this, this pretty tight roster of bass producers, um, if you go on the website, it's, it's pretty incredible that the, the people that are teaching on there. Uh, so essentially what they do, they have this whole database of tutorials available for anyone that subscribes, but also live feedback the entire week long. They have these slots. So there's a, a roster. Uh, for example, I'm Mondays at 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, you can submit your songs and uh, there's like 15 slots per, uh, per slot, per 15 submission per slot. Uh, and then I just give you my live feedback. If you want, you can follow. It's, it's on Facebook. You can just tune in. And um, that, that's like a really nice way that I'm able to like give back to the, to the electronic music scene and help people figure out the stuff. Um, aside from that, I've also been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, teaching. So through Zoom, um, just helping people out with their projects, um, it can literally be anything what they want to learn about. Um, usually I ask people to just send me their music and I assess like where they're lacking the most and where I can help them best. So if that is mixing, then it's mixing, mastering, sound design. Um, I just, I'm, I've been getting, it's really rewarding for me to, to help people like achieve or like reach for their goals and, and see how I can help them do that. Um, but now um, yeah, just to tie things together, I, I really wish that I had something like that when I was starting out because I had no clue and I was just like scattering around the internet trying to figure shit out and it was very overwhelming and, and difficult at the time because, you know, 2015, there wasn't right. any, any like online courses about, <laughs> it took me the it's longest time. To, yeah, a lot of like trial and error and then eventually I went to, to film school in Belgium that was helpful. It taught me a lot about recording quality and um, signal, things like that. Um, I did that for two years and then I moved to Montreal to study there. And that's how everything started with Kenny Ballin. Uh, but uh, film school in Montreal is where I really learned a lot about like audio recording and um, sound manipulation. I also did a synthesis course there, uh, sound design. Uh, so I learned like about FM and about all other types of synthesis that I didn't know about yet at the time. It was pretty, like overall the, pro the program is uh, very basic, but um, I think it was still really helpful to like refresh those things that weren't like super clear in my mind yet. And also like really um, solidifying it as matter that I can like material that I can teach now as well right so you're is it a class by class basis for you or do you just sign someone up for like a four-week course or so as of now it's a one class basis I, I i ask my students to reach out as soon as they have enough material to like talk about or if they have you know it's not cheap i do ch charge like a hundred dollars per hour um but right now i'm currently in the process of completely overhauling that business model and making it a lot more like I'm going to be making these bundles that I can sell for cheaper um, so I can help more people at the same time. 
Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be doing one-on-one -on -one classes anymore. It's just that right now it's taking so much of my time and it like the, 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 the time versus, um, like the profit that I'm making of it is like, it's, it's not really, I mean, it's sustainable barely, but it's a lot, a lot better of a business model right. to like make these classes and then just sell them to the people that need to know, that need to learn that specific thing. Um, I'm going to be focusing a lot um, around like theoretical uh, approaches, like first, because I noticed that a lot of people they are really not familiar with the basics of audio, like phase relationship and like the nature of sound and acoustics and things like that. People, they, it's not important to them because they're not running into those problems right away, but they are affecting their, their production quality so greatly. And people are like not understanding why does this sound this way? Why? The, when I layer my snare drums, do they sound like ass? These are the kind of like things that you would understand if you would have taken that class, you know? And, and I think I like to start off teaching people these things because it saves you so much time if you're aware of these, these, these problems and the relationship of um, sound in general that is going to just make it so much easier for you to, to make a good song if you anticipate these problems. Yeah. That's really cool because like I have no grasp on those concepts because I'm completely self-taught and like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to understand workflow and arrangement and stuff and like, it's mm -hmm. helpful, but like, I never would have thought to, to think about those things, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that's super cool that you're able to bring that to the table. Yeah. I, it's, it always fascinated me, you know, how, how sound really works. Because people are like, oh, it's just sound, you know, you just hear it. But what is it really, you know, how, how does it work in the air? And, and how does it interact? How does sound, like, how does your left speaker interact with your right speaker? Like, understanding the difference between what mono and stereo really is. And then how you can use that in a creative way and in a way to essentially, like, keep your productions clean and keep everything hitting much, much more prominently versus, you know, making a track that sounds like the, the, the composition is really good and the mix is great, but there's something about how it's not really communicating fully um, the presence that the song should have. And that's often as a result of just phase relationship between your specific elements and how everything is placed in like the, the stereo field. Yeah. That's so cool. And I also think that's awesome that you're able to give back to people, you know, and like, and like have these resources for people that are just starting out. I mean, mm -hmm. when you didn't, I mean, I know I, I'm personally figuring out that like having all these connections and like all these people that are willing to help you is like so rare because, you know, if you don't have that, it just makes it that much more difficult. And like, I'm so thankful because a lot of our way has already been paved and, you know, just by having that but at the same time you're able to make a sustainable living and you know keep giving back through that mm -hmm. through these yeah. classes yeah exactly and the goal is also so if i make all of that into these pre-packaged um, bundles i can help more people at the same time and i don't have to spend as much time you know being hands-on all the time helping people um 
that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to be interacting with people anymore. You know, obviously I'm still going to be following up on people's questions. Uh, there's definitely going to be conf some confusion that comes with not having the class done um, live. So you can ask questions as they arise. So I'm still working out those kinks and, and setting up like a platform where, where I can bundle those up, those things up. But also I want to um, look more into like selling people templates that are going to be useful specifically for what they're trying to make. Um, if you're trying to get into vocal recording, like I know all the fucking great tools and, and easy to use tools for people that are just starting out, uh, you know, getting them through that process in a way that doesn't take Oh, an entire course, for example, to get started, but so people can just like get the ball rolling. And, you know, the more that I have all of those, all of that bundle and all of that platform set up, the more that I can also now focus again on, on making my, making what I want to make, you know. I know this is kind of a, this could be like a pretty broad question, but how did you find your sound? Did you just like know one day or like? Uh, I don't really believe in finding your sound. It's, it's just something that you do over time. It's just, you use the instruments that you like, you use the plugins that you like, and you make the sounds that you like. And over time, by doing that enough times, you just narrow things down to your favorites and that kind of sculpts what your sound sounds like. Obviously you need to be a little bit aware of like, I'm making house music now. Um, that does come into play, obviously, but it's, it's, it's also a lot about the kind of keys that you're using, um, the modes and keys in, in your composition, uh, because they convey a lot of the emotional energy and, and the message behind your music. So if you, if you can keep that somewhat, um, what's the word? Um, like organized? Yeah, but um, consistent. Consistent. Okay. Yeah, if you can keep that consistent, is is going to convey the message a lot easier. All right, he's being a squirmy baby. And <laughs> Bye, monkey. <laughs> is there a certain key that you mainly produce in or like producing in? Well, it's it's usually always minor, most of the time, uh, and I I like to stick around like D sharp, E and D. But in terms of mode, it's like. Um, I, I used to, I wasn't even aware of it at the time, but I would always make music in this like Locrian or um, what is this medieval sounding mode? Um, I can't I can't remember what it what it's called anymore right now, um, but it's essentially just the the relationship between the notes in that key. Like there's always that um, the sharp right before your tonic that I, I love playing with. And that always like, it'll give you the same kind of energy and emotional um, message every time you use it that way, you know, re regardless of the key, if it's that mode, it'll still be within that, like that tone. So that's like a, a really uh, helpful tool. If you're trying to like um, consciously make a decision about, Hey, this, I'm trying to like make my sound, like find the mode that really resonates with you and your message. And that should really, that's like a, a, a an easy way to accomplish that. Yeah. Right. So what are your, if you had to pick three, what are your top three favorite plugins, regardless of skill level, just um, your favorite? Like my, my, my most, like 
my, my most used plugin is definitely sure. FabFilter Pro-Q3 um, because it's so easy to use. You just like click on it and you have like your, no your notes just appear right away. But then also it's dynamic. So whenever I'm like, ah, my kick drum doesn't hit hard enough, I don't need to go grab a compressor to do it. I just do like an upwards compression bump specifically around those frequencies. Or if something is too dynamic in a specific frequency range, you can do it all within that that one plugin, which is absolutely incredible. I use it for mixing, mastering, sculpting, everything. And then um, other than that, I would say Soothe 2, um, which is fairly new, but um, it's a spectral shaper. So similar reasons as why I like Pro-Q3. Um, initially they designed Soothe as like an advanced de-esser, it's like, I don't know how many bands it has exactly, but it's, it, it seems like infinite bands. Um, so you can go up to a specific frequency and you can adjust how much dynamics that specific uh, frequency bump uh, or frequency range has, but then you can do that differently for each part of the frequency spectrum. But now within C Sooth 2, you can also side chain elements to each other within the spectral content. So if you say like, hey, uh, my vocal isn't cutting enough through my mix. You can be like, oh, uh, I want to side chain my vocal to my bass line, but not the entire bass line, only the frequencies that my vocal is actually using. And not necessarily all frequencies, but mostly the ones where the masking is the most problematic. So where the overlap lies. Um, and, and you have so much control within that, like the attack and release and, 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 and oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's really like the future. Like, um, it's, it's like artificial intelligent plugins that really make your life a lot easier. Um, other than that, um, a third one, a third one. I mean, I should, maybe I should pick one that's more like on the creative side. Um, oh, for people that haven't heard of XO, um, that is a big game changer as well. It's a plugin by XLN Audio, the same guys that make addictive keys and addictive drums. They've created this artificially intelligent drum library where you feed it your entire sample library. It organizes it for you on this color map. And based on the tonality and, and spectral content, it'll show in specific color. So you can see all your kick drums in red, all your snare drums in blue. And obviously the where the red and blue connect to each other, you'll have snare drums that sound more like kick drums and kick drums that sound more like snare drums because they're adjacent. And then you have basically everything. So claps, hi-hats, cymbals, everything. And then within that, it's not just selection. You also have a um, sequencer that has all the things you might want, like velocity, sensitivity, swing, um, pitch, ADSR envelopes, um, filters, reverb sends, bus compression and the coolest thing about it is that as soon as you're finished with your compass your 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 drum beat you can ex the exportion the exporting window is ridiculous you have right there you have the uh, you have the possibility to just grab the raw sample without anything on it just like the way that it's in your sample library um like you can like bulk export those but you can also bulk export the processed sample again just one shot or the processed um, beat per stem. So wow. 
That's and, fucking insane. And all just in one click, you know, just drag and drop. It's just so convenient. It's, it's like they thought of everything. Yeah. Jeez, that's awesome. Um, so my next question, do you have a favorite collab that you've made? Um, ooh, that's difficult. There's so many collabs that I'm like really, really big fan of. Um, do you have any with like a cool story attached to it? Or? Yeah, usually again, all of them. <laughs> like I, I, I always write music with a story behind it. Uh, and especially with collabs, that's very useful so that you, you're both on the same page, you know, and that you're like writing to the same story. Because if you're working with another person, it can be difficult to like sync up your, your, your goal for that song. Uh, so if you have a story that you can communicate to each other, it, it kind of makes things a lot easier because you're writing about the same topic. You're both going to be choosing samples that fit this story. Um, I have this collab with Virtual Riot that's coming out that I'm super, super keen on right now. It's about this like underwater cyberpunk world. It was kind of uh, based on this video game that he showed me. Um, I don't remember the name, Aqua something. It's like this underwater shooter where you're like in a, these like futuristic submarines where the, the whole world is like flooded. And it feels like this, um, it's just like, it's, it's kind of like Blade Runner, but underwater. Holy shit. Um, and there's like the aesthetic of like all these neon lights uh, shining through the water. It's, it's absolutely mad. Um, but yeah, that's like what we wrote around. And uh, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with um, Carpenter Brut. I don't think so. So Carpenter Brut is this, I think it's a, well, it's, it's a single producer, but they also have this like band set up much like Bloody Beetroots does um where they play live and carpenter brute has scored this short film for seth ickerman uh it's called blood machines uh if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it it looks like eye candy it's so beautiful um so we saw that and that kind of just like set the ball in motion and, and that was a lot a big part of the inspiration behind um, the whole like retro wave aesthetic of the song and the whole like yeah cyberpunk feel to it um, and that's something that we, we we both really love and have in common in terms of like aesthetic and and sonic uh, landscape so we really wanted that to be like a big part of it and I think that's that definitely comes across um, I think the release is planned around like end of December or something or, or we're finishing it up it's pretty much done we just need to like polish up the mix and the master and then we'll, we'll be releasing it most likely with disciple because valentine all right i absolutely cannot fucking wait to hear that i'm so excited it sounds so cool um so moving on um let's talk about a little bit about mental health um, because i know as an artist like personally it's important to me and no matter what kind of art you do whether it's comedy um painting mm -hmm. dance making music all that it's you know it, where I mean, if you think you you have you know some sort of mental health capacity, and and I think it's you know a big part of people's lives, especially as an artist. So, do you have any thoughts on mental oh, health? Yeah. Or definitely, um, it's become painfully obvious how um, people weren't really paying attention to mental health before COVID. I mean, obviously, I can't speak for everyone, um, but 
let's say as like a overall global awareness of how important it is to to people uh it feels like covid has made it impossible to avoid it anymore because people are forced to be by themselves you know they're forced to be isolated they're forced to face their problems head on and that can be scary to a lot of people you know a lot of people were just distracting themselves just like going out all the time hanging out with friends and not really dealing with their underlying issues that they've been just like suppressing and, and been kind of like dragging along for years and years and it, it's pretty it's pretty common that these issues that you accumulate over your life start to like bubble up towards your late twenties, early thirties. And um, yeah, we've been dealing with that a lot. And especially the house that I live in here and, and the friends that I've surrounded myself with, they're all very aware and open about that. And I think that's really important that you as well spend time to communicate about the underlying issues you've been dealing with so you can process it and, and understand it and, and start to heal yourself and, and align yourself with what's important to you and how you're going to really fix these issues. Um, specifically my wife, uh, she, she, she's been suffering from complex PTSD from her upbringing uh, because her parents come from, they had to flee from Vietnam during the war. So they had underlying trauma for, for many years. And trauma, if you don't process and heal it, it's something you pass on because you're just reacting to impulses in a way that your body is just like defending itself. It's like your mind is like a fight or flight response, you know? So if you don't take the time to really learn to understand how you're reacting to these impulses, you're literally just going to pass it on to the people around you, to your kids and that just keeps going you know there's trauma from like hundreds of years that's been passed on um trauma is also something that stores itself in the body um so if if you have any emotional turmoil from like 10 20 years ago it's possible that that's still stored in your body so if you don't give the like self-love to your body to like you know care for yourself I can recommend things like meditation, yoga, and things like that. That helps a lot. But uh, th these things, they, they, they stay there and they bubble up after many years. You might be like, ah, that's all gone. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, maybe it's actually still there. Um, so we've been doing, dealing with a lot of that and, and helping my wife to really overcome these underlying, like this underlying darkness uh, inside of like the back of her of her. Of her remind really and you know seeing some um some people seeing some um um what's the word i'm, I'm thinking psychiatrist but, like um, therapy uh, yeah therapy yeah okay. like therapists that can help you know with like um uh, hypnotherapy not everybody is is able to um use this like not everybody is as open to it it's, it's it's really about how open your mind is to that kind of therapy it's like depends from person to person um some people they, they can't get under hypnosis because their mind is too like aware that it's happening you need to be able to like shut it off essentially right um 
but it is super, super useful because you can essentially like make your subconscious aware of certain things and, and awareness is literally, it's, it's everything. If you're aware that your mind is reacting to something because of previous trauma, because of how you have been suppressing something, you can decide to react to it in a different way if you're aware of it. If you're not aware, you're just going to, you're like a, like an animal reacting to something. It was like, oh. Right. <laughs> um, but if you're aware that something is there, you can process it and you can decide how you're going to react to something, even though there might be some underlying like emotional response. But the more you train that awareness and, and easy ways to do that is through meditation um, or at least that helps. Um, it just makes you so much stronger tackling these problems in the future and, 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 and getting more control over how you feel day to day. Yeah. Right. And then I, I think, you know, you did a great job at explaining like awareness of it and like addressing it. And then I think another important part is like learning to cope with it and like how you choose those reactions. I mean, I went through a breakup during COVID and like, I wasn't working and I like spiraled so hard and, you know, I didn't know what to do and like making music helped and like, you know, doing video editing was like kind of cool. But for me, like I just started like working out super, super hard and mm. eating a little bit cleaner and cutting out drinking. And I felt like phenomenally better. Right. Because the more you're taking care of your body, the more your body is also able to handle more of that like emotional burden and like mental stress. Um, but if you're, if you're neglecting yourself, if you're not giving yourself that self-care, um, you're only going to be able to do that up until a certain point where your body just feels so shit and that stress is just being built up that it's, it's just going to fight back, essentially. At some point, your body's going to be like, you know, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, different things work for different people, you know, like, I mean, Certainly. yoga may work for you or for someone else and not work mm -hmm. for me or so how do you cope with stress and, you know, mental uh, health deficiencies? Physical exercise for me is, is huge. Uh, being in this house with, with my, my, some of my best friends um, and working out with them has made it super, super good for me because yeah, it's like an outlet, you know, if you let that stress out through something like, I've been boxing with uh, my roommate, Ben. Uh, we also have a pool, so we've been swimming a lot. Um, I've been skateboarding all of my life, and that has kind of been my outlet, um, even though I wasn't fully aware of it for most of my life. Um, that was definitely helping me, you know, if you have an outlet, like a physical outlet to like release stress, that can be many things, you know, um, but it, 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 that is the most important thing. Uh, and if you can combine that with something like meditation to increase awareness of what your brain is really doing and how you're feeling and, and just being aware of, you know, certain pains and, and thoughts that you keep having and, and then just kind of logging that, um, it just makes you so much more, um, ready to tackle problems when they when they come back you know when you're dealing with a backlash or you're dealing with some kind of uh setback that you you need to uh, process it's it's if you're if you're not if you don't have an outlet it just builds up essentially yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I feel like you really hit the nail on the head on explaining the whole mental health yeah. thing. That was perfect. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of getting towards the end here. Um, do you have any like tips for people like starting out in anything creative, honestly, not even just music, like, you know, tips for like staying organized or staying motivated or, you know, how to like get over those first obstacles. Um, you know, I've been talking with uh, Crywolf, Justin, a, a little bit about the creative process. He's actually, he, he teaches a master class about this and his perspective on this is, is, has been really enlightening for me uh, as well. He, he kind of split up the creative process in, in this, in this like uh, procedure or protocol where it's literally like you impregnate your mind with the um, like the, the whole create, like the first stage is usually like, I, I, again, I haven't, I haven't watched the, the whole masterclass. So I recommend if you're interested that you go do that, but it comes down to this, like you, you do this first phase of research and just like absorbing as much information about what inspires you. Um, don't try to just like mm, go make music because you don't have that like um, material to draw from. First, you need to make this like um, world essentially in your mind that you can draw inspiration from. And that can be just like watching uh, specific movies or series or reading books, whatever inspires you, whatever you feel like makes you feel alive or, or makes you feel like something you really deeply care about do that and collect as much of it as possible trying to like categorize it um in term if you're a music producer that means like saving specific samples that fit that world um or saving specific songs um just like all cataloging it and storing it um, same thing with movies and series and uh, art visual art um, and then when you feel ready, like doing that for a week, essentially feel ready, then basically doing like uh, a, um, a song a day or a picture a day or whatever kind of art you're trying to create, right? Like basically just letting it all out and not spending too much time on it, trying to like perfect it. Just like a song a day. If the song isn't finished, don't worry about it. You can come back to it later. Um, but the idea is to just like unload all of that, like stored up creativity and just like letting it roll. And the more you get your brain in that process of like letting it, like, it's like, it's like creative diarrhea. It's just like, blah, it's like coming all out. And then after that week going back and seeing like, these are the best ideas. These are worth like spending more time on. It's so much more of a, of a, optimal process than like trying to make one song and like working super hard to make it good when you could have like 15 song ideas and three or four of them which are really good you know and try not to like force it yes exactly uh if you do the process properly of like really taking the time to let yourself be inspired you should be able to make a song a day. And it doesn't matter if it's not a good song, you know, you shouldn't be like, oh, today I made a song, but it's like not a good song. It doesn't matter because it's about getting in that, getting in that process, getting your mind in that 
in that um, state where you're really just unleashing creativity. And to make it simple, make yourself a template. If you're a music producer or even any kind of art, you can make yourself a template, you know, limit yourself to specific tools for songwriting or for creation of any kind. Cool. To, to not distract yourself. Yeah. Because I, I have a hard time with that, man. Very easily distracted by you know, everything. Yeah. I mean, honestly, any, me too. Everything yeah. and anything. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. It was good to catch up with you. I feel like I've been seeing you forever. So it has been. Is yeah. there anything you want to plug? Upcoming releases, recent releases, your class, um, um, your socials? If anybody is interested, I'm still doing a whole bunch of one-on-one -on -one classes right now, uh, and I will continue to do so probably less in the future because of the transition. Um, they can hit me up either on Instagram at lectric or professorlectric at gmail.com. That's something I made for the, the classes. Um, and if people are interested in my music, I just released a single on night mode. It's called Carmageddon. It's, uh, it was inspired by one of like my, my favorite video games growing up. Um, and then just released a tune with Wednesday called Break um, on Kenny Balin. And then watch out for the upcoming um, Virtual Ride collab. It's going to awesome. heavy hitter. Cool. Well, it was good talking to you, brother. And I hope to see you soon. Likewise. Cool.